Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, episode 41. Today is Friday, May 8, 2020. We are rolling on here on the Galloway Podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you taking the time to check out what's the latest news in sports. Like I said, I'm your host, William Galloway. You can follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. And on today's episode, we're talking with Michael Casagrande of AL.com, who's generally um, an Alabama Crimson Tide beat reporter and is now kind of turned to business, the business side of things and athletics and just business in general with AL.com during COVID-19. So we'll talk to Michael, we'll talk about the financial impact of sports we're going to start with what's new, we'll talk to Michael, and then we'll go briefly around Alabama athletics. So I'm really glad you're listening to the podcast, and let's go ahead and dive right in with our what's new segment. NFL schedules are out for the 2020 season. Uh, I don't know if you saw those. Those came out on Thursday, but on team social media, it's kind of become a thing now where they create graphics and funny videos and insert memes that have been popular over the past couple months, and those 2020 season schedule releases from NFL teams were great. I personally love the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Jaguars the most. So go to NFL teams' Twitters and Instagrams, etc. Check those videos out because those are definitely uh, some good entertainment, especially if you're stuck at home during quarantine. Also, in what's new, uh, NFL players after the draft, uh, their jerseys have been announced. So Tua will wear number one in Miami for the Dolphins. Henry Ruggs will wear number 11 uh, for the Raiders. Jerry Judy will wear number 10 for the Broncos. And you can check out a full list. Tua's jersey on NFLshop.com is actually one of the number one selling jerseys right now, both that turquoise and that white jersey. Um, those are some of the top selling jerseys as well as Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Bucks. And so Tua really, once that is, his number was announced, um, his jersey sales have gone off. So that's been cool to keep up with. Um, also in the world of sports, keeping it in line with the NFL, Phillip Rivers is coming back to Alabama. He has been named the head coach in waiting at St. Michael Catholic High School in Fairhope, Alabama, and that he will take over that position after he retires with the Colts, presumably in 2021. That came from Ben Thomas down in South Alabama. Also, in what's new, we've seen a lot of different things happen in sports. The NBA, uh, the draft lottery, and the combine have been postponed. There's been talks of uh, players coming back and trying to get workouts in. So things are slowly, the wheel is slowly turning in the world of sports, especially within the NBA. But we're seeing NASCAR and all these different things slowly start to resurface. So hopefully pretty soon we will have more sports and lots more to talk about. But on today's podcast, we're talking with Michael Casagrande. So let's go ahead and jump into that here on the Galloway Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Casagrande. You can follow me at WM underscore Galloway. Joining the Galloway podcast now is Michael Casagrande, an Alabama Crimson Tide beat reporter for AL.com, currently writing more business sport, uh, business stories rather than sports stories as uh, the current situation. But want to welcome in Michael now. How are you? I'm doing great. How's everything at the Galloway podcast? It's good. It's good. We're uh, trying to move right along, still talk about sports, even though there are no live sports on TV. But uh, on today's episode, we want to talk a little bit more about the business side. And I figured you're a great person to talk to about that as someone that has covered um, 
lots of sports business and business in general, as well as you have plenty of experience talking and covering Alabama athletics in past years. But first of all, uh, obviously, normally you would have been busy covering Alabama football spring practice, a day game, maybe a softball game or two. What have the past two months looked like for you personally? Yeah, no, it's been fascinating. It's been uh, a crazy time. It was was at the SEC. I think you were there at the SEC basketball tournament. Uh, crazy scene, kind of surreal environment of everything just kind of crashing down. Just seeing the whole sports world fall apart in a matter of 24 hours um, was kind of jarring to kind of see it all in first person. Um, and then came back here uh, to Birmingham. I was kind of reassigned temporarily to this economics team covering uh the business side uh the financial side of all of this craziness um it's been a very interesting time writing about stuff i never thought i'd cover but i think the the sports reporting the dynamic that we cover a little bit of everything um already kind of prepares those of us in, in this field to to be more flexible and to do things that um you know, outside of the normal comfort zone, but it's been interesting. It's been I've learned a lot, um, still learning a lot, and it's uh, hopefully readers are finding it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just page fillers because there are sports happening and business is taking the forefront. Economics is taking the forefront of people's attention. Sports are kind of taking a back seat, but there is still stuff to talk about on sports, which I like to do here on the podcast. Michael, I want to ask you, COVID-19 impact on college athletics, specifically Alabama athletics, has been huge. Uh, We'll get into specifics of that shortly, but on the business side of athletics, what do you think has been the primary issue with spring seasons and the year getting cut short? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's still kind of being uh, figured out. Uh, it's, It's not necessarily a time of year where the most money is, is flowing into the university through athletics. It's not a, a huge money generating time. Um, a day is probably the biggest day, and that's not, you know, there's there's money in concessions and stuff like that, but it's not an admission or tickets. Um, so it's 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 more of the fall. So much of the attention is being placed on the fall, and obviously what will happen moving forward um, and the unknowns going on there. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting dynamic because as so many people, different writers have pointed out things that I've written in the past about budgeting and spending uh, expenses versus revenue is it's been such a, a focus of athletic departments, Alabama included, to get those expenses as close to revenues um, in an effort to not show quote-unquote profits in an era where uh, the athletes are are not getting paid and it's become such a uh, the name image and likeness and uh, those kind of lawsuits have been moving forward so all that to say all that to say that the whole idea is to have as close to uh, very thin margins though that's not much money going into reserves which means when you have a rainy day like this, there isn't so much, there isn't a huge war chest sitting there waiting. Um, so it's it's a dynamic that I think not many people ever thought could be a possibility. So I think that's why people are scrambling. It can be, uh, you know, some interesting and uncertain times moving forward. Right. Well, uh, you mentioned, um, obviously, the spring is not the big moneymaker. That's the fall. And I want to ask that question about that in a minute but uh with things like softball and you know having a team last year that went to the women's college world series and that brings in revenue and um having you know alabama baseball was off to a good start hadn't really gotten into conference play yet um but realistically thinking how much 
like percentage wise do you think was left on the board uh, when the spring seasons got cut short in mid March? Yeah, it's a, a good question. I'd have to try to check some of the, the data from uh, previous years. I have I'll spread it out, but yeah, it's. I don't know if it's as big, even with a you know softball. I like covering it. And it's a, a big, you know, people enjoy reading it. It's one of the more read things of the year. You get down to Oklahoma City, but I don't know how much that revenue sharing plays into the uh, comes back to the school through all the um, ticketing and and TV. So it's not necessarily a huge windfall. Um, it's probably it's a good advertisement. It's probably non-monetary, um, non-tangible. Um, assets coming in but it's um you know it's one of those things where it's it's so much of it is, is placed on football and so much of the revenue from department-wide is dependent on football that it's it's not all these other sports are, are very minor in the sense you know the, the piece of the pie for the whole university athletics budget right and as you're a resident of Tuscal- the city of tuscaloosa correct i actually just moved over to birmingham but okay uh, have been for several years okay well asking you know obviously Alabama football impacts um the athletic department and Mm -hmm. is really the power horse um and the engine kind of behind the athletic department financially but uh the city of Tuscaloosa has been struggling small businesses have kind of rallied together but uh if Alabama football had or didn't have a season what would that impact be on the city of Tuscaloosa yeah it's 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 something that the city council I've talked to the mayor about it They've been looking at that and discussing that since the very beginning of this this whole crisis back in March. I think it was March when I talked to Walt Maddox, and you know, they were tossing around numbers about what um, what that would mean. Um, and they're still trying to figure it out. But the economic impact, you know, the studies that have been done, are that I think it's somewhere in the twenty five million dollars a game uh, impact on the local economy as the as the, the estimates the university. Um, business school have come up with um, so you multiply that by was it six or seven that's you're, you're heading quite up into that you know upper reaches of impact for you know city budget too it's the taxes that it won't be collected because of everything um, I think even bigger than that is just having students on campus the economic impact of a daily the day to day just having students there um is probably bigger than the football games themselves, but uh, all of it comes together to kind of create the the ecosystem that is Tuscaloosa that, that the economy is built built you know built around and largely dependent on. So you take away some of those things, and you know it becomes a house of cards. I think for for certain businesses that that wouldn't be able to survive. Right. I talked uh, to one of my friends who works as. Um he works at Monarch Espresso making coffee and things like that. And right now they're running deliveries and things like that. But it's they're kind of getting into that season where it would be a slow season and students would be out of town. But that just kind of started early and has impacted some businesses more than others. Um, but going back to the football note, recently you published an article for Yale.com on contract negotiations that Alabama football has with its non-conference opponents. I really enjoyed reading that and looking at the numbers uh, and the percentages because some of them were pretty staggering. Uh, but talk a little bit about the impact football has on its opponents, especially its non-conference opponents, and kind of what you explained in your article there. Yeah, no, that, that was an interesting topic. It's 
something from I, I, an idea that came from just reading over those contracts in the past, and I would always remember reading what's called the force majeure uh, clause in the contract. It's a pretty much long story short, it's the act of God clause that if, if a game, you know, to cancel a game, it will require some sort of act of God, which the coronavirus, you know, would potentially qualify for such, but uh, it's it's it would be a huge huge detriment to the Kent State, Georgia State, Tennessee State. Uh, off the top of my head, I was trying to remember the the percentage. I think it was the one point seven five million Alabama set to pay Kent State would be the equivalent of twenty five percent of Kent State's football revenue from from last year, and. Uh, Somewhere in half of that for the for the school for the total athletics revenue, twelve percent or so, and that's in a full year of, of normal revenue, where this obviously would not be. So it would be a much bigger piece of that pie. And you know, you're already seeing some of the smaller schools um, trying to shed uh, athletic programs. Uh, whole teams are in trouble uh, just because they're trying to to balance out a budget. When they're like we talked about before, there aren't reserves because that's not really part of the economic plan for college athletics in this era. So it's the trickle down is is incredible when you think about how how much these one two football games a year can impact uh, schools like Kent State, Georgia State um, could be devastating. It's it's something that that it's still to be determined. Obviously, all these things are so far we're still not at that point where any of those decisions are being made, but um, it's something to keep in mind. Right. To a naive person, someone would look at a Kent State and say, well, why wouldn't you want to come play Alabama? But you know better than most that college athletics, especially college football, um, it's all about the money. And, of course, you have to generate revenue for your athletic department. And so um, games like that are really, really important. It varies from from level to level, from top to bottom, but how many, I wouldn't say how many, but can NCAA and its member schools afford to have a shortened football season, or would that impact uh, more programs negatively than it does positively? Yeah, I mean, it would probably impact the smaller schools more so than the bigger, the Alabamas, because if, if Alabama's going to start chopping off weeks of the season, they're going to go for those games that, uh, that aren't the biggest they're, you know, they're going to want to play the SEC games. They're going to stay within the family and, and support those games. Um, I don't think there wouldn't be too many fans in general. If, we, if you had to put it to a vote, you'd want to keep Georgia instead of Georgia State most likely on the schedule for the interesting the interest factor. So, um, yeah, there's just so many scenarios being thrown around right now. It's, it's hard to keep up with all the different ideas that are being floated and, and tossed around and it's, it's so hard to tell which you know what are real ideas and what are trial balloons that are being floated out by athletic directors because there's a lot of jockeying for position right now and trying to to be the thought leaders and and figure out you know be the the genius in the room who figures out how to save college sports so it's it's an interesting time uh without sports being played on the field there's a lot of sports being played 
behind the scenes. Yes, absolutely. And Greg Byrne at Alabama is doing great job at that. And I really have enjoyed, you know, reading what you've written um, and just talking because that's just something people think about sports and then think about college athletes. And of course, now uh, college athletes being paid for their likeness and their image has kind of come to the forefront of college athletics news. Um, Michael, I want to ask you, going back to an earlier point we discussed, uh, the, is there any overall lost revenue from this spring? And can Alabama have a way to kind of get that money back in the future? Are there measures that Alabama's athletic department can take from what was probably lost, a little bit of lost revenue from these past two months? Or do you think Alabama just moves forward and says, you know, we'll take what we can with football? It's a good question. And uh, I think Greg Byrne might have been asked about it. And we had a teleconference with him way back in it's probably March, right? Not too long after the basketball tournaments were canceled. And I think he kind of deferred on that one because it was too soon. Um, but the, there are insurance, there are potential insurance policies against uh, losses like this. Uh, I think it was in that story I wrote about Wimbledon had loss of uh, value loss insurance to protect against the possibility of this of this year's tournament being canceled. And when it was, they got they got paid out, you know, in hundreds of millions of dollars to um, offset those losses. So I. It's a good question. We've tried to get the answer. Uh, we haven't successfully got that yet, but there's, um, there are, I think, with the NCAA tournament, they have uh, insurance to, to protect against the losses they had um, when it wasn't televised, and you know how much that means to the NCAA. That that tournament brings in huge chunk of their their annual revenue as an organization that's then distributed to schools and impacts the bottom line of every school affiliated with it so you know it, it comes from all different all different directions um in this kind of thing but it's a good question that we still don't really have a full answer on yet right the um athletes too i mean you think about obviously the finances are important um but the livelihood and the humanity of the impact of covid19 like you see all seven softball seniors from this past year for Patrick Murphy are going to be able to come back next year. And Alabama softball is going to be able to host the SEC tournament um, again. And so the, you know, sports aspects of it and the much simpler things compared to financial impact um, are being resolved. And so I've, as you said, uh, still looking for answers on a lot of the financial aspects. Last question here, athletic department staffs generally would be cut in half if you're at a smaller school uh, with lost revenue, people, you know, get fired, lost their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. You don't anticipate a change, uh, if any, in Alabama's athletic department staff, would you? Another good question. It's hard to it's hard to say. You know, they have a pretty big um, a pretty big roster. Probably one of the bigger ones around in terms of just pure employees. Um, it's would be interesting to see where the, the nips and tucks where they would come from. Uh, if they would be, you know, asking coaches like places like Louisville have. You know, their head coaches, their athletic directors were taking you know, the, the big earners were taking pay cuts. Uh, conceivably to save other people from losing their jobs entirely. You see, you take a month away, a pay away from Nick Saban, and that would be the equivalent, equivalent of, you know, 10 other workers losing their jobs. Um, not that that's even been discussed or is a possibility. Um, I think a lot of those things would have to be almost voluntary from 
the coaches that the top earners to take a pay cut like that. So I've read over Saban's contract and I didn't see anything that would be a provision in there that would allow for something like that to happen when uh, the circumstances are out of, you know, aren't his fault or out of his control. So it's a good question. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if anything. I talked to Chancellor Finest St. John a few weeks ago and I asked him somewhat about that and his answer to a few questions in a row was you know, nothing's off the table so I don't know I think everyone's still trying to get a hold a grip on to what this really means what the financial impact is and how they would go about mitigating those those losses but it's, um, it's a good question you don't want to see anyone lose their job um, especially in this environment so I think I would have to presume that they're doing what they can to try to avoid that, that scenario Absolutely. A lot of questions still in the air uh, when it comes to financial side of athletics, um, the physical side of athletics and games and scheduling. I know like the university, I've felt an impact. Um, I was going to work for our TV station this summer and now students can't be back on campus. So students can't be hired. Um, so I've felt that direct impact, but athletics, there's still a lot on the table, as you mentioned. Michael Casagrande of AL.com primarily covering Alabama Crimson Tide Athletics and now uh, amidst COVID-19 covering more business. Michael, really appreciate you taking some time on today's podcast to fill us in and kind of give us an update on things that we have a lot of questions on, even though there's a lot of uncertainty. Really appreciate you taking the time. Really enjoyed that conversation with Michael. Definitely want to give him a follow on Twitter if you don't already at by Casa Grande. Really enjoy reading his articles for AL.com. He has great coverage of Alabama athletics, specifically football and men's basketball. I've enjoyed getting to know him during my time at Alabama and look forward to covering more Alabama athletic events alongside him my senior year beginning in the fall. Now we move to Around Alabama Athletics, our final segment on today's podcast. Not a whole lot going on, but Alabama is still making some headlines in athletic news. The Alabama men's basketball team announced that they will participate in Holiday Hoops Giving. That is an um, event that will be taking place in Atlanta on December 12th later this year in State Farm Arena, home of the Hawks. Uh, other teams feature teams like Dayton, LSU, South Florida, Auburn, um, Memphis, And Alabama will be taking on Clemson in their matchup in Atlanta. That's December 12th in holiday hoopsgiving. So some exciting news for Alabama basketball there. Also added to the non-conference schedule, um, the Furman Paladins will return to Tuscaloosa. I believe this past November, um, when Furman did come to Tuscaloosa, and I think they will come back this year, Alabama took down the Paladins 81-73, to so Alabama and Furman will take on each other in back-to-back seasons. Also, I've been in Tuscaloosa for about a week, and the Crimson Standard is coming along quite well. I've taken a lot of walks around campus and seen a lot of what's going on around the stadium. Greg Burns tweeted some pictures, and the everything seems to be on time. Um but the construction is underway. It's taking up a lot of space around the stadium, so some tr- some streets have been cut off. But it's been cool to see the progress that's taken place in Bryant-Denny Stadium as Alabama prepares for its upcoming season from afar. The stadium is currently being worked on, so that's been neat to keep up with the Crimson Standard currently in Phase 1. 
What will happen with Coleman Coliseum in Phase 2 and Phase 3? Only time will tell. Also, the Sports Science Center is shooting up very quickly. It's going to be really exciting to see Dr. Ray and Coach Ballou for Alabama strength and conditioning. Also, Jeff Allen using that facility. That's going to be state-of-the-art. Looking forward to what the interior of that is going to be like. That's Around Alabama Athletics, and this is episode 41 of the Galloway Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in, and remember you can follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. You can listen to the Galloway Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, as well as Apple Podcast. Also want to remind listeners that merchandise for the Galloway Podcast is available for purchase. We've got a brand new order of hats that I placed today, black hats, white hats, and gray hats, as well as something new I'm unveiling. That is black Nike long sleeve t-shirts with the Galloway Podcast logo on the top left chest. So that'll be pretty cool. Nike shirts coming in. DM me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway if you're interested in purchasing a hat, a koozie, or a t-shirt when they come in. This is the Galloway Podcast where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway.